1: Locked On NBA continues the huge reaction week to the amazing, mind-boggling free agency that is the NBA. It was with Kevin Pelton our last episode. I hope you got to hear it. And today is The Coach. The Coach joins us on Locked On NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, I'm David Locke. And today's show is brought to you by our friends at Casper Mattresses, as well as SeatGeek. Check out Casper.com slash LOCKED. Make sure you enter the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get $50 off your mattress purchase. I'll tell you more about Casper coming up. And SeatGeek, the number one place to get your tickets to any event coming up. And again, the promo code is LOCKED. All right, here's the deal on today's show. This is cool. NBA coach comes on the show anonymously and gives you the entire breakdown of how systems work, how teams are going to use players, where moves that might not make sense to him, all the rest. So that's coming up on the show today. It is the coach, and he comes on anonymously. I hope you like it. If you do, I'd love it if you could leave a review, five stars, on whatever iTunes, whatever. That makes a, that makes a really, really big Difference. Also, if you have not heard already, the Locked On Podcast Network is being built. We have Locked On, and it is a podcast network that brings you the expertise and insight to your local teams. So we have Locked On Jazz, Celtics, Bulls, Knicks, Magic, Pelicans, Thunder, Spurs, Heat, Nuggets, Pacers, Clippers. Coming soon are the Bucks. Coming soon are the Sixers. Coming soon. Are the Blazers, and hopefully more. Uh, hopefully all thirty. So subscribe to your local edition of the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by Casper Mattresses and Seed Geek. It is Locked On NBA. Well, no other place to start, coach, than obviously Kevin Durant to the Warriors. You're just kind of reaction when you when you first heard that happen. What was what was kind of your reaction as a, as an NBA coach to, holy smokes.
0: Um, I, was, I think I was surprised like everybody else. Uh, and then I quickly sought to, man, I wish I was Steve Kerr. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, this league's about having talent. And obviously, this period that we're in right now, free agency is about having talent. But, um mean, what a, what a huge decision that sends ripple effects, not just like for this free agency period, but, you know, for years to come. I mean, who knows? I know he just signed a two year deal, but this really changes the, the landscape of the NBA from, in the way front office people have to think and of course us coaches now we got to figure out how to play against four great players on one team so um it it, it 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 blew me away just like everybody else
1: so the Thunder were very isolation based the Warriors are very much movement based how does Durant work evolving from one to the other
0: but I'm sure this is something that Durant has gone through the process and thought about um, you know, I think he even said that he's ready for new challenges and to get better. And uh, so I think as he's gone through the process, he he knows that he's going into this situation uh, where they play up-tempo, they play with the, the pass and ball moves, and obviously they shoot a lot of threes. So uh, he actually fits, and he can shoot threes and go to the basket, um, you know, obviously being 6'11 and being able to play over top of each other. But he, when he made this decision, I don't think he made it with blinders on. Um, I think he really knows that he likes the way they play. He's probably challenged to go in and play that way. So there's a certain level that he'll have to fit his game into their game, is my guess. And um, part of the reason he made that decision is kind of excited about it.
1: And from a standpoint, think about it from an offensive standpoint, Coach, what can you do when you have, I mean, if you put Iggy Dahl in there, it's arguably the best starting five in the history of the NBA. Uh, what can you do? I mean, what what what, what are the things they can do? Uh, maybe it's just so intuitively obvious, but where are they going to be able to just tax people endlessly?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, with the, you know, they already set the record for three-point shooting, but then you just add another great three-point shooter that shoots it from 30 feet, maybe not as well as Steph Curry, but as easy as Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So, you know, first of all, defenses are going to be even more challenged to get out on the floor and guard those guys I, you know, in doing our research and when we were playing against, you know, Kevin Durant the last couple of years, you look at the numbers is, you know, when he makes, was it, so if he makes five threes a game, he's averaging like 40 points a game, you know, but if he only makes three a game, he only averages like 21 points a game, you know, so he starts it with a three point shot, but then he has such the ability to get in the lane and get to the basket and play over people. So, you know, now he's playing alongside two of the, best three-point shooters in the history of the game so far. So uh, that, that's the first thing It just, you know, you've really got to extend your defense uh, to be able to get out and play. And, you know, the, the big guys of the world are you know, probably not going to get a lot of playing time when they play Golden State anymore because they're going to be a smaller, faster team uh, that could really shoot the ball.
1: Defensively, what do you do?
0: <laughs> um, hope and pray and hope you're in the East. <laughs> so you only have to play them twice a year instead of four times. Um, no, that's, I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to take away what they do in shooting. And, you know, there's going to be games where next year, when you turn on ESPN in the morning, that they're going to set unbelievable records for three points made. You know, so in my opinion, the first thing you do is you just got to try to take it away and make them beat you go in the basket. I mean, that, that's going you know, to be harder to do than, you know, just saying it. Um, but, you know, you, you can't let them make threes on you or there will be night, I'm telling you, that it'll just be a juggernaut. And uh, you'll have no chance. So, in my opinion, the first thing you've got to do is take away the threes and then, you know, just hope that you can get some type of rim protection when they start driving on.
1: What? Kevin Durant's played a lot of pick and roll, often with Westbrook, sometimes with the ball in his hand, sometimes not. Now he's going to play it with shooters. Westbrook's a driver. How is the game different when he's pick and rolling with a driver in, or a shooter instead of a driver?
0: Well, I mean, obviously it goes back to space. Um, you know, you can't help. You know, one one thing that we have done with with Russell Westbrook and some of those other guys on OKC is, you know, we do we call what we call a super shift. And you know, we you like you want Russell 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 Westbrook shooting threes, right? If he's going to beat you, which he can make some, but you want him beating you. So when he doesn't have the ball and Durant has the ball, we just take the weak side defensive guys and just totally jammed up on the you know on the ball side and you know baited them into throwing to the weak side. You know, you know trying to pick your poison, kind of thing. So now, you know, you you can't super shift off of Klay Thompson and off of uh, Steph Curry. Uh, So, you know, it's just going to give Durant more space to be even more lethal getting in the paint and uh, making things happen. So it's going to be challenging. Um, You know, the one thing you would think about just as the first thought would be maybe trapping it. But then again, he's so big, if you get the ball out of his hands, then you got two great shooters standing on the other side. So... Uh, you know, just the, once again, goes back to the shooting in the space. is just going to be really, really a challenge for defensive coaches to figure out how to uh, try to jam them up.
1: Are there aspects of Durant's game that we're going to see differently than what we've seen out of him before? Has he got more now that he'll be playing in this space that we haven't seen?
0: Well, it, it, and this goes back to a little bit about your question earlier about the isolation and then the playing with the pass and the movement. Um I think one of the reasons he probably made this decision was playing isolation basketball is very, very taxing. It's hard on a player to be able to play 82 games and then in the playoffs play isolation. You get beat up. It's, you know, it just, there's no freedom of movement, you know. So I think one thing you'll see is Durant being less isolation oriented, but more playing off the move with the ball um you know because of the way the warriors play so i think it's it, it will be a fabulous um time for him to grow in that regard but he's got he's got it already they just haven't really played that way
1: is there anything that makes you have any caution at all to where they stand and what and and who they are as a you know as they're built
0: um I think this will take care of itself because Golden State lost this year, so I'm going to qualify it by saying that first. But um, I, I think Golden State, before they added Kevin Durant, um, maybe didn't have to value how hard it actually is to win an NBA championship. Um, you know, the year before they they won it, but you know um, they had they played against teams who got injuries, and um, and granted it was still a challenge for them to win it. But you know, this year they played against a healthy Cleveland team and. Got out 3 1. And I, I mean, obviously, this is some 20,000 feet above, but just watching it and in my mind as a coach trying to figure out what happened when they blow a 3 1 lead is, you know, I think it was, you know, 73 wins. You know, it was the defending champions. You know, I almost think that they, they just lost respect of how hard it is to win a championship. And so, having said that, you know, it's going to be, once again, I mean, they're going to win a ton of games in the regular season. And you know, it's going to be the the Beatles going from you know arena to arena. And there's going to be like they were in San Antonio this year on a regular season game in January. 400 people at the hotel waiting on them when they get in at one o'clock in the morning. You know, so I, I think they can't lose the respect of how hard it is to win a championship. Um, and if they don't do that, once like I said, I think they probably won't because of what happened this year. Um, then they're going to be awful hard to beat.
1: More with the coach in just a second, but let's talk about Casper. I've been dying for a new mattress. I mean, my mattress in my house, my side must be like three inches below my wife's side. It is time, but it's been such a pain, and it's so expensive, and then Casper came around. Casper's got this in-house team of engineers that spend thousands of hours developing this perfect mattress, a sleep surface that has the right sink, the right bounce, It's absolutely terrific. Obsessively engineered mattress. And then we get to the cool part. The shockingly fair price. See, most mattresses in the big box stores, you're paying for everything. But Casper has eliminated the middleman and is selling directly to you. And so the prices are incredible. The cost for a twin-size mattress is $500. $7.50 seven fifty for a full, eight fifty for a queen, and nine fifty for a king or a California king. And then we get to the convenience. The website's incredible. So easy. Just go to Casper dot com slash locked. By the way, you get fifty dollars off any mattress purchase when you do that and you'll just see all your choices and everything you need. And I gotta tell you, as a little bit of a tech kind of guy, the whole delivery system is incredible. They deliver it in a just crazy can't-believe-this-how-did-it-get-here-size-box. And then you get it for 100 days, and if you don't like it, you send it back in that same box. right? If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. 100-night trial for free at home. Just do it. It's unbelievable. Casper has gotten every ounce of recognition you can imagine as most innovative companies of 2015 the best mattress of the decade all of it is out there go to casper.com slash locked or use the promo code locked and get fifty dollars toward your mattress purchase it arrives in a box just like right there it's so cool casper now more with the coach if you read lee jenkins piece in sports illustrated about lebron there's a story in there where steve kerr uh they're going back to the same restaurant where they celebrated last year in Cleveland, and suddenly Kerr realizes that they're just waiting for that moment instead of trying to work to get to that moment this time. So right on to kind of the point you're talking about. Uh, the other big yep. movement piece. Uh, actually, let me ask you one other thing about the Warriors. It's uh, kind of a lesser known player. You know, he's not a marquee guy. I happen to be a huge fan of his. They signed Zaza Pachulia. How perfect a fit is that for where they are right now?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. It is a good fit. Um, other than he's not the fastest guy getting up down the floor, but, uh, you know, they, they're going to need the, the grinder and the grit guy. And obviously they need a physical presence down low to, to rebound. And, um, you know, so it, it, it's a perfect fit for him. I mean, obviously he must have thought it because he took less money to go there. I mean, he jumped on it right away. And I also think you'll see some other probably, you know, established veterans probably take less money not to go there, um, to, to chase the, the championship. But no, I agree. I, I'm a fan myself. I mean, just his physicality, his toughness, his approach he brings every day. Um, you know, he, he's had to work for everything he's ever accomplished in the NBA, and uh, he'll be a perfect fit for all the all the the glitz and glamour of all the, the skills the other guys have.
1: All right, the big move is Al Horford to Boston. Uh, put Al Horford in what Brad Stevens runs in Boston. How does it fit? What does it allow them to do?
0: Um. Well, he, he's he's obviously a great player, and you know Brad Stevens runs a lot of pick and roll. Um, they'll they'll play him out of the post a little bit, in my guess, um, because Brad has some of that in his his offensive system. But I think where his best um, use of him would be with uh, Thomas and him in pick and roll um, actions, and uh, once again, a little bit like uh, uh, Golden State, you know Isaiah Thomas, is just such a dynamic player when he gets you know in the key area and in the paint area. Then you got Al Horford who can, you know, he he does it both. A lot of times in our league, bigs are either rollers or they're pop guys. And Al is one of the guys that's unique that can do both. So Brad will will very much utilize that part um, in the multi-dimension in the pick and roll with Al and, and make Isaiah Thomas, who's one of the most dynamic guys in the paint, even better.
1: How much has this changed them? Other than a Linux who could really pop and shoot, it didn't feel last year that Boston had a lot of guys that were threats. When you handed, you know, gave a pick and roll to one of their guys, and that you had to worry about the big a great deal. I, I don't know what they did yeah. to be able to overcome that, but how different does this make them?
0: Well, it goes back to he's multi, multi-dimensional, and uh, you know the fact that you've got to be able to have different uh, pick and roll coverages on a guy like, you know, there's one pick and roll coverage for when you play against a big, who's just a solid roller and not a popper. And then there's another pick and roll coverage for a guy who's one dimensional who's just a popper. Well, the problem with, with a guy like Al Horford is he can do both. And, you know, so now you're going to have to, you know, pick your poison and, you know, if you get into one where you're worrying about him popping, then he's going to start rolling on you and they'll, you know, they'll pick you apart. and Or if you're in the other one where he's, you know, you've, you, cover it for you know somebody that's a roller and he starts popping and then you know he's standing out there and you know his, his ability to grow into making threes has really made him a great great offensive threat
1: do you look at Boston being able to threaten Cleveland at all with this lineup do they just threaten the Raptors where do you march them up the Eastern Conference standings uh, with the addition of Al Horford
0: <clears throat> um, I think they're better uh, I still think you know, Cleveland and, and Toronto are, are really good I I I think Boston will be more of a threat. And I think in regular season, I think they may you know they may finish in second instead of third or third instead of fourth. They'll probably finish higher than they're probably capable of finishing in the playoffs next year. And I say this only because nothing against Brad Stevens and nothing against you know, the, the Boston Celtics is that you know, you, the playoffs become a veteran, become a shooting, uh, become a superstar, um, league at that point. And I still think, in my humble opinion, Boston, although great, is I don't know that they have those guys just yet to really be able to be a, a legit contender.
1: Interesting. Uh, Bradley Beal got a max deal. He's obviously been oft injured 25% of the time. He's been injured. Just when you've seen Beal, what do you think his potential upside is?
0: Um, I think he could be uh, a Clay Thompson type. I think he's a really, really good player. He has been injured. You know, they had the, you know, they had the, this year all along, the, the speculation of, you know, the coach not being there. I, I don't think that, so thought that team, they, the team was very interesting this year. They had a lot of guys having career years, but the team was underachieving. So, um, I'm a huge Bradley Bill fan. Uh, he's got to stay healthy. Um, just like, you know, everybody's got to stay healthy. And to, to your point, I think it's interesting that, you know, Clay, or like, Steph Curry, Um, you know, he's not on a max deal and everybody's made a big deal about that. Well, the reason he's not is because he had chronic ankle injuries. Um, and to his credit, he's become, you know, arguably one or maybe not the best, but one of the best players in the world because he stayed healthy. And I think, and I'm not saying that you'll see that with Bradley Bill, but if he stayed healthy, I think he would, he would become one of the top shooters and players in our league, but he's really had to fight a, a lot of different distractions and injuries that Hadn't quite got him there, but I, I I think he has a bright bright future of being a really good player.
1: Hey, before more of the coach, I was wondering what shows, what games, what are you going to do this summer? What are you going to go see? Well, if you're going to go see anything, concert, show, ball game, you got to you got to use SeatGeek because it's the first place to go to look for tickets because they have all the tickets available in one place. So you save time, you never miss a deal. Two, there's no checkout surprise. It's the price. They tell you it's going to be no fees at checkout. And then while you're shopping, what you'll find out from SeatGeek is that they grade every ticket on value so you can immediately find the underpriced seats and get yourself the best deal. All right, and I've also got a deal for you, $20 back by using the promo code LOCK. So right now, look at your phone, go to the App Store, go to the iTunes Store, download the SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, Go to the settings tab, add the promo code, LOCKED. Then when you buy tickets for the first time, you'll get $20 back on your first purchase. SeatGeek's been fabulous for me. I think you'll really enjoy it. So please, download the SeatGeek app, support our sponsors, enter the promo code LOCKED. The other marquee move, the Memphis Grizzlies, were on the verge of possibly having to rebuild They are with Conley venturing around, they max out Conley and then steal Chandler Parsons from both Dallas and Portland. When you look at a Memphis team that is Conley, Parsons, Casol, Zach's still there, Tony's still there, they're getting older. What do you see out of that crew and what that and what they've built in the Western Conference?
0: Well I think they're obviously one of the big winners, I mean, other than I guess Golden State and and free agency. Um, you know, to be able to, you know, pull <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, Chandler Parsons, um, and keep Mike Connolly. I mean you ha- you have a core of guys who are still good that you still have a window of, you know, three to four years. You know, is Zach gonna you know, starting to go to um get a little bit over all in the tooth? Absolutely, but you know, Zach Randolph can still play. You know, and they'll figure out ways to manage his minutes. So Coach Fisdale will do that. Um and he'll he'll be, you know, as good as as is as, as expected, um and as he has been, but in shorter minutes. And a great example of that is, you know, like what what they do with Dwayne Wade, you know, in Miami. And Coach Fizdale was down there, part of that organization, that program. And, you know, Dwayne Wade is, what, 35 years old. And, I mean, all around, they've had one of the best years he's ever had as an NBA player this year. So I'm, I'm assuming that'll be a um, a priority for them. But, you know, when when you keep Mike Conley, when you when you keep your superstars, um, it's such an important part of free agency, especially, especially in a small market like Memphis. Um, you know, and they've, they've been good. What, two years ago, they were in the National Commons finals. And so, uh, maybe three years ago now, sorry, but, um, but, uh, they, they're going to be a challenge. And I agree. They were kind of on the verge of maybe falling apart and having to rebuild, but, um, you know, they did a great job. You know, I think, I think it's interesting that I think, uh, the players like Mike Conley and some of those guys were a big part of recruiting, um, Chandler Parsons. And I think it maybe has been going on for a while. You're starting to hear some of that stuff. And I think it's interesting because it was also similar with Durant, right? You hear that, you know, the Warriors have been recruiting for a year. And, you know, so it's the players in this league talk. and Players in this league, you know, they're in a, an elite club. And, you know, it's interesting how some players can, can really work behind the scenes to help their situations out. And you know, maybe that's a little bit of a hope for the small market teams because you're going to have to find a superstar and then they go out and start recruiting guys to bring them there.
1: That's a good point. All right, Two of the most interesting teams to me in this offseason are Houston and Atlanta. Let's zero in on Houston first. They lose Dwight Howard, so I would assume Clint Capella takes that. They add Ryan Anderson, who's probably the best str- tr- traditional stretch for offensively in the game. I mean, obviously if Durant's playing four, that changes things, but Ryan Anderson is really just a bona fide scorer. Eric Gordon, yes. who at some point in time was also a pretty bona fide scorer. They've got the best single scorer in the league in James Harden. They've got Mike D'Antoni as a head coach. What to expect out of the Rockets this year?
0: Um, I expect them to score a lot of points. Um, don't don't sleep on Eric Gordon. I, I agree with you, on Ryan Anderson. He's a great player, right? I mean, that's and it's, it's a great system for him to play in uh, with D'Antoni's. You know, spread the floor and shoot stuff. But don't sleep on um, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon has fought injuries for the last couple of years. Um, a little bit like you talked about with Brad, Bradley Beal, but at one point, he was an elite scorer in this league, and he obviously got a max deal to prove it, um, and there's there's been negativity around him in New Orleans with the injuries and just the coaching change and all that, but last year, you really started to see when he was healthy, you really started to see him uh, kind of get back a little bit to his old self, and I think a change of scenery, um, a guy that can shoot, a guy that can pick and roll, although he doesn't pick and roll as much as he did at one point. But in New Orleans, he kind of became more of a shooter. But, uh, you know, they've got James Harden who, you know, can pick and roll and is one of the most, you know, or the hardest guy maybe in the NBA to guard and pick and roll. So um, I, I think you just can't sleep on Eric Gordon. I, now, they're going to have some challenges defensively, um, but uh, the fact that the way they're going to be able to score, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be reckoned with in the West.
1: So when you look at trying to guard James Harden. And in the past, they've had these stretch fours. They're like Terrence Jones and Donotus and None of them scared you at all if you're the opposing defense. And they had Howard, but you knew he wasn't going to run a pick and roll because he didn't like to. He wanted to post. Now, like, that's all. All those things that were hindering James Harden's movement are gone. What's it going to be like Mm -hmm. to guard James Harden, and what is he going to be capable of doing? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I mean think about how good he's been with those other guys you just talked about. And now you know you're adding you know, spot up shooting on the other side with Ed Gordon and you're adding uh, you know Ryan Anderson who is, I mean probably the most elite catch pop shooter um, there is for a big man in the NBA. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging. I mean James is so good he draws fouls. So he'll probably set the record for going the foul line. Um, in a single season this year, <laughs> because he's so good at that. Because now you'll really have pressure going downhill on him, um, because you're not going to be able to stay with him and, and help off the big.
1: It's going to be going to nuts. You're right. Defensively, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, Atlanta's the other one. Dwight Howard replacing Al Horford. What does that do to the Hawks?
0: <sighs> good question. I'm, that's one that I'm a, uh, a little bit, I don't say baffled, but I hadn't figured that out quite yet. Um, um, we talked about Al Horford earlier and I'm a huge Al Horford fan. Um, you know, and I, Dwight Howard is, uh, obviously a special, special talent. Um, you know, he hasn't been able to, you know, consistently be that in Houston or, you know, before that the last couple of years. So, um, I do think Atlanta had a little bit of a problem in that Paul Millsap and Al Horford were in some ways the same guy. So my guessing is that the reason they, they let Al walk one because he was going to get the, $130 $130 million for five years, which I don't think they thought was um, going to be a good thing for them. But, you know, at least Dwight's different. Dwight is, you know, he's a physical, he's a rebounder, um, you know, he can score on the block, um, you know, player. So he, he compliments Paul Millsap, uh, I guess, if, if, if I'm looking for a reason to like it, more than maybe Al Horford and Paul Millsap work together. Um, so I think that's maybe one of the, the reasons they – they did that and it's a shorter term contract for for Dwight.
1: You know, it's funny cuz I was looking at and I started to buy into it the other day. I'm looking at I'm like, "Wait a sec, you got the spread floor in Atlanta system and and Howard running on a pick and roll and roll into the basket with an open floor." And I'm getting all excited about it. And then I remember, but but Dwight Howard doesn't want to run the pick and roll. Like, yeah. This has been the issue his yeah. whole career. Like, he won't run the pick and roll. He just maybe he will in Atlanta, but he didn't under D'Antoni and D'Antoni in L.A., yeah. he didn't do it in Houston, so it's hard to believe he's going to do it in Atlanta.
0: You know, the, the challenging thing for me in Atlanta is that they've now lost, and they've been really good the last two years, obviously, but they've now lost two huge, huge parts of what made them good, and Jeff Teague and Al Horford. And, I mean, and, you know, I say you got to keep your own superstars, and I know, you know Al Horford's been an all-star, Jeff Teague hadn't necessarily been an all-star, but, I mean, he's, he's their superstar, right? And, you know, they've made a huge huge decision organizationally to move away from two guys who have really made you good the last two years so I, that's the one thing and I'm obviously I don't I don't I'm not in their warm room and not in their heads and know what's going on I know they have reasons and I'm sure they're good reasons but just you know on the outside looking in you you kind of scratch your head a little bit and wonder it's like well what's you know there's something there that we're missing <laughs>
1: All right, let's go to another team, who's obviously radically different. Uh, and then I'll ask, and then I got a head scratcher team, that we'll talk about some of the subtle moves uh, as we continue here with the coach on the Locked On NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, okay. Oklahoma City. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Westbrook, but let's assume that they open the year with Westbrook, Oladipo, Robertson, Cantor, Adams. Can that team? Like, Is that team capable of winning a bunch of games? Is Russell that much of a force that he's going to be able to will them to the seventh or eighth spot? Or is that a team that just when they, maybe this is most important, because this is the evaluation they're doing right now to try to figure that out? Or is that a team that just is flawed enough that it, they have to make a move with Russell?
0: Well, you have two things. Obviously, Russell Westbrook is, is phenomenal, and uh, he will will them um, you know, to you know, to being as good as they could possibly be. Um, you know, you got guys that can score there, you know, um you'll have some challenges defensively. Uh, but the the thing you can't sleep on either in my opinion is uh is uh how well coached they are. Um and you know Billy Donovan, you know, came in obviously from college, you know, been in the NBA for a while like I've been everybody every time you bring in a college coach you wonder, you know, if this is gonna be able to translate and you know, he he did a fabulous fabulous job with that group last year and it goes to show that his ability to create trust and to understand the NBA system and understand the NBA players and get them to play the way you know he wants them to play so you know with, with Westbrook and with Billy Donovan and you know, I'm sure they'll add pieces if they if they choose to stay this route um, I, I I would yeah obviously they're going to fall off but I would say they'd still be you know six seven eight range and I you mean know, who knows what what happens with trades and stuff so you know as, as we've seen you know the NBA is like turned upside down right now. So who knows? They may get another superstar in there with them. That's the way things are going.
1: So if they if they don't trade Russell, how does he find space on the floor with that group with Oladipo and Robertson and Cantor and Adams? How does how does he play that style he's so used to playing?
0: Well, they're gonna have to adapt. I mean, they're they're definitely gonna have to adapt. Um, you know, and, and I would say that if they choose to stay this path, um, you know, then they'll keep the Randy Foy's to try to help. They'll they'll have to add a piece or two. Um, to uh, you know, try to help that with that. Um, but yeah, you're right. If not, then it's going to be all jammed up. But once again, you got to remember that it's it's hard to jam somebody up when he gets the ball on a rebound and goes down the floor faster than anybody in the NBA and gets in the paint before he can set any defense. So in the half court, it'll be tough. But he, you got to remember that Russell really starts everything with you know being able to push the ball and get in the paint and create.
1: Uh, one of the more interesting off seasons as a team, I I neglected to mention that's the Orlando Magic. Uh so they've added Bismack Biombo, they've added Serge Ibaka, they have Aaron Gordon, they have Nikolai Vukovic, they re signed Evan Fournier, they have Alfred Payton. What's your feeling on it's a it's a collection of young talent now with some more experience. What's your feeling on what Frank Vogel has there?
0: Um I, I think they're you know, they team that course, they had the you know, with Scotty Scow's you know, resigning, but you know, they made a step this year and then they kinda of fizzled. Um, so I think their group as a collective group is a group that's growing in the right direction. Um and then you add Serge Baca and you add Bismarck and Yamba who fit, they fit each other well, right? Because Serge has become, you know, whether, whether coaches like this or not, Serge has become kind of a pick and pop or a space big. And then you got, you know, Bismarck, you know, who's you know, just a, a, a space eater and a rebound eater and plays hard and runs the floor and defends. And so those two guys fit each other well. Um, you know, so I, I keeping Evan Fournier I think is big, big, you know, for them because he he can do multiple things as well with the ball. He can just catch and shoot, um, but he can also get in the paint and score. And you know, the one that he's gonna have to continue to grow is Peyton's gonna have to continue to grow his game, which he did. Um, you know, this past year, um, he actually got to where he was making some threes. Which if you've seen him in college and his rookie year, you know, you would have never thought he could make some. So they did a good job with him. So. You know, they, got, they added experience and they added some depth and, you know, they actually added two players that, if you look at, you know, Serge, he's one of the best players at power forward. He does something really special, being able to shoot the ball and can block shots. And then you got Bismarck, who's one of the best rebounders, um, you know, in the league and, and one of the probably best hustle centers. So um, they've added guys who are really good at their positions.
1: Frank Vogel, how special is he as a coach?
0: Well, I mean, he's... <laughs> Just look at this year and what happened in Indiana uh, when the you know, management forced him or pushed him or however you want to say it to change his style from being more of a slow, grinded-out team to a up-and-down the floor team. You know, you saw a recipe for disaster there where they could have totally fallen apart. And you know, it speaks to how he's able to adapt and, and use his players, even though the system changed, uh, without really having the the system to, the players to change the system. And uh, you know, they had the year they had so um you know obviously there's a reason that orlando snatched him up right away he's a, he's a great coach he's able to adapt and able to put his players in positions to be successful and you know, they they stayed they stayed he he does a great job of his defensive teams being disciplined now, i don't know that he's ever had a great defensive team but they're when you when you do your scout because uh, they were actually my scout this year um and you see a defensive team they are always in the right spot they always do the right thing so he'll bring that to a young team in in, uh, Orlando as well because young players need discipline, especially on the defensive end.
1: All right, so everybody's going to talk about Timothy Mozgov as the move that makes no sense. But I've got a different one that makes no sense to me. This may get my phone to buzz with a text message or email. But uh, here's the one that makes no sense to me. Evan Turner in Portland. So to me, they're best when the ball's in the hands of Damian Lillard or – C.J. McCollum. Evan Turner's not a threat as a space player because he can't shoot very well outside. So he's best when he has the ball in his hands. He, Brad Stevens did a nice job. I mean, He was really a reclamation project when Boston got him. So I understand his value. I'm not trying to de- discredit his value. I, got, uh, I, I can switch the other side of the floor, and Damian and C.J. are both very limited defensively, and this guy can probably guard the... Best defense off, you know the best wing player on the other side, and and relieve them of that burden a little bit. But on the offensive side, this to me looks like the worst fit of any addition in the league. Am I missing something?
0: Um, I don't know about the worst. Um, I think the the dynamic of free agency is probably a reason why he ended up in uh, in Portland. You got to think about it. They were they were like all in on Parsons or on Chandler Parsons, right? I mean, they had they met with him first. They went in. Obviously, he's them much better than Evan Turner did. You know, they knew that Alan Crowd was going to get paid big money. Um, maybe they didn't think he was worth that, even though he had a great year there for us. So, sometimes what happens in free agency, in my opinion, is, you know, you, you're losing somebody. You're, you know, you don't get the first target you get. And sometimes you just got to go be real aggressive and just get a really good player to add to a group that overachieved this year. And um, I don't know that, but just my guess is, you know, that was a, a kind of like when you, Break up with your girlfriend after five years, and then you, on the rebound, you take somebody real quick. I think that may have been a rebound signing.
1: You know, by the way, you try to make sure those rebound signings aren't four years for seventy million. You know, well, when, when you, yeah, when you, that rebound date, you try not to turn it into your wife that you get divorced from and cost you seventy. Million, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's really well, the equivalent of that answer right there. So, uh, so,
0: think, so think about the, think about their decision though. they, so they must have decided in their mind that Alan crowd was not worth that. Right, because I mean they had him, they know him. Um, so basically, they're saying because Alan's going to get that that range, you know. So they're basically saying, you know, somebody else, you go handle that, and then we'll we'll take a chance on this kid here. So that's got to be their process because Alan Crab was still there for them to put up money to get at the time.
1: And the numbers I'm hearing on Alan Crab are crazy.
0: Yes, I agree. Who has been a bit of an under, not a bit, has been an underachiever basically through his whole life until his past year and had a, a good year. <laughs>
1: so playing off one of the better, you know, other than playing off Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, probably playing the easiest job in the league. Yes. Which leads leads to the guy who had the easiest job in the league, who just signed a max contract. So I don't mean to be too critical because I love this kid out of North Carolina, but I haven't seen him improve since I loved him out of North Carolina, and that's Harrison Barnes. And if I'm being hypercritical, I don't see a lot of lateral movement. I don't see a one-on-one game. I don't see a lot of things. Is that because it wasn't available to him because he's the fifth best player on the Golden State Warriors? Or is, he, is that a signing that we're going to look back at and be like, wow, Dallas really missed on a four-year, $94 million deal for Harrison Barnes?
0: Um, as, as a coach, I like Harrison Barnes. Um, I think he is a really good, solid player. Uh, I, I, I think you hit on it, the fact that you know, he didn't really have a whole lot of room for growth. Um, in Golden State just because those guys were already so good. And then you have the veterans and, you know, along with, you know, the young guys who are so good. And um, so I, I don't think he had the opportunity to really show his whole game. Now, these next two years are going to be obviously very pivotal. And to your point is, is it going to be a bust? Or is it going to be a, you know, a make? Is um, that, you know, he, he now will have a chance to grow his game, right? I mean, he's going he's to go to Dallas. You know, he's going to be a max player. Once again, they made the choice not to max out Chandler Parsons. So, you know, Dallas is gambling, you know, that Memphis messed up, just like Golden State. Well of course Golden State would have signed him back if they'd have had him, but you know, to my point on the crab thing, and just like Portland's gambling that, you know, that crab's not gonna be worth that money. So having said all that, the thing that in my mind that gives the kid a chance is he's been around a winning culture, he's seen those guys, he knows how to play, both at North Carolina and at Golden State. Um, yeah, maybe he has been hindered a little bit just because how great the guys were around him. But now he's going to where he's going to have plenty of opportunities. And the thing that people in the NBA know is that Rick Carlisle is a great, great developer of players and maybe even better tactician of being able to play to players' strengths. And I guarantee you that Rick has already um, started figuring out in his mind you know, what I can do with him to make him a good player.
1: Well, people play well in Dallas. It's the greatest compliment you give Rick Carlisle. People play well in Dallas. Yep. The New York Knicks look to be starting Derek Rose, Courtney Lee, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Porzingis, and Joe Noah. I got no idea what that means. I have no idea. Um. So when you look at that with Jeff Hornacek as a head coach, give me an idea of what, how you think that team can succeed in style of play and then if you think they will succeed.
0: Uh, well, first of all, the, the big question is whether they succeed or not is going to be uh, the health of all those guys, right? Because, you know, the, the, the Rose, the Joachim uh, no, you know, those guys have, you know, even Prisingas is still a young guy. I mean, you saw he kind of broke down at the end of this, this year. Um, you know, so their, their medical staff will probably be their most valuable, uh, people in their organization trying to keep them all healthy. Um, but having said that, let's, let's assume that they are going to stay healthy then I think they're they're very viable to be a middle-of-the-pack, you know, conference team if they're able to stay healthy. Jeff's going to play more Um, up-tempo. Jeff has a way – I know Jeff pretty well. Jeff has a way of uh, communicating with players, Um, and I think he really communicates well with the superstars. So I look look to Jeff having a great relationship with Derrick Rose and Camarillo Anthony. Um, and being able to relate to them to get him to play the way he wants to play, which is going to be more up tempo than I mean, Carmelo's used to. And um, But Jeff will put him in situations that, you know, we'll still get him the ball. Um, we'll still, still play through him. Uh, and, you know, Carmelo's got to be happy because, you know, if they do stay healthy, then they obviously have a whole lot more, um, you know, firepower than they've had the last couple of years in New York.
1: All right. Uh, Spurs at Pau Gasol. I don't know if anyone noticed, because it happened on the same day as Kevin Durant. Uh, it does yeah. sound like they might lose Boris Diaw. Uh, <laughs> but what's your feeling on Gasol's fit with the Spurs? I think there's no question that for the 30-year-old Gasol in San Antonio, he might have like been a first-team All-leaguer. I don't know quite who he is today, but it, it feels as though that's a pretty good fit.
0: Well, going to San Antonio takes five years off your career in a good way right away. So <laughs> he's 35, so now he'll probably play like he's 30. They will totally manage him. Uh, I should say, add five years. But to- they will totally manage him and uh, get his body in a great, great place to be able to play. Um, and to me, I agree. I think it's a good, good signing um, because if you look at their team last year, they, even though he's not going to really help their pace, but they became more of an, uh, uh, an ISO team for last year, and uh, I don't think they were happy with the way the ball moves. And you know, that's the one thing that their offense, their motion offense, has been based on is how they've been able to move the ball and, and you know, start the chain of getting teams and rotations. And uh, the one thing we know Pal can do, maybe not as good as his brother anymore, but he is one heck of a passer and uh, he'll be able to facilitate the ball moving and get it to where it needs to go uh, when he's on the court. And I think it, it just kind of gets them having, you know, like Tim Duncan was a great passer, right? I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge is great in a lot of areas, but he's not a great passer. Um, so, you know, it'll kind of get them back to their roots of having a big, they can kind of facilitate the ball through off the elbow and, and move the ball around and, and get it pinging so that they can get back shooting their threes and, you know, attacking like they had in the past.
1: That's a great point, because last year, they were one of the real mysteries to me in the league. They they played completely contrary yep. to everything we knew of them as a team.
0: Yes. No, they did, and, of course, they still won 73 games, or not 73, but 67 games. <laughs> so so uh, Pop will put them in the right spots, and like I said... He, Powell play like a 30-year-old, and, um, you know, they're, they're going to be aggressive with bringing in young guys that kind of complement their old guys. and um, It's just amazing how, you know, Coach Popovich handles those, those older players.
1: Final one, a non-playoff team last year, the Utah Jazz, added George Hill as their point guard, and Joe Johnson uh, probably have another piece or two. What do you think this does to the Jazz, who had a very limited bench last year, to now have some depth?
0: Uh, I mean, I think they're one of the kind of the, the, the secret winners in, uh, in free agency. Um, you know, they haven't had a lot of flash to it. Um, and obviously I say free agency, they traded for George Hill, but, uh, uh, the one thing about the Jazz last year and you saw it at times and in big games is although they have a, a fabulous young core of players, um, they, they just didn't have the experience and the depth, um, that, you know, a team needs to really, really challenge and compete. Um, so adding, you know, George Hill, especially with, you know, the uh, Dante Exon coming back off an of injury uh, is huge. And what people don't realize is George Hill can all, obviously play off the ball, and you look at his numbers from shooting, catch and shoot threes last year, they're fabulous. Um, so he, he's kind of a you know two-way player on the offensive side, and he's a two-way player because he plays both offense and defense. Uh, I think it's a huge, huge uh, get for Dennis Lindsay and being able to bring a player in like that that one, help with, Experience and leadership to help with Dante Exum and as he gets reintegrated, and then three being able to play multiple positions. Um, and then Joe Johnson, uh, I think, it's a huge get. And, and once again, Coach Snyder will have to, um, you know, manage his minutes. He's a little bit like we talked about Zach Randolph. is You know, he's not the Joe Johnson that we want to know and the ISO Joe. But Joe Johnson played terrific um, in Miami towards the end of the year, and because you know, his minutes were limited, he was in a different role that he'd been in the past, and maybe Brooklyn. Um, he's a bigger guy that will take a little pressure off of Gordon Hayward. He can score. He can you know, guard some of the bigger guys a little bit. And you know, Gordon Hayward has been challenged with guarding the, the, the big threes in this league. And sometimes even when the Jazz played small, I know which everybody's doing, he had to guard some of those guys, uh, some of the fours. So it'll take, in my opinion, pressure off Gordon Hayward defensively and offensively. And you know, if Joe's going to be playing with a second group, then obviously he can score the basketball. And, you know, it goes to that offense, that scoring depth that they, they need because I think if you look at sometimes the, when the teams had success against the Jazz, it was when their bench was in last year and they, you know, their plus minuses were, you know, kind of a big discrepancy when the starters ran as opposed to when the, the bench was in. So I think they're one of the, the, the kind of the subtle winners, um, you know, in this, in this period, even though, uh, George Hill wasn't a free agent signing, but the two vets they added, um, and then just one last thing on the Jazz is, I was the oldest guy last year, like, correct me if I'm wrong, 27. I
1: think it was, Trevor, you know, so, think it was either Joe Ingles or Trevor Booker.
0: So, yeah, they were 27, maybe 28. So, um, you know, in this league, especially if we're the Jazz want to go right now in the playoffs, um, you, you just got to have experience in, in this league to, you know, one, to get to the playoffs, but two, you know, to be able to have a chance to win in the playoffs. So adding those two guys, you know, that are, you know, been league at nine, 10, and Joe's been at what, 13 or 14 now um, is huge just for the mindset uh, and just for the experience factor of helping these young guys understand that it's not all, you know, physical, athletic ability that's going to help you win. You got to understand and think the game. And those two guys are huge assets in helping that young core.
1: Interesting points, and uh, Indiana and the Lakers can say thank you that I didn't ask any questions about what they did. Coach, (laughs) thank you very much. Great insight. Appreciate it very much. should be certainly interesting to watch as more and more of this uh, takes place. This has been quite a few days in the NBA, and it's going to be an amazing season. Coach, appreciate the time immensely.
0: All right, David. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for the coach today. Please support our sponsors, Casper Mattresses. Go to casper.com slash locked. Or use the promo code LOCKED, and you get $50 off any mattress purchase. Also, SeatGeek, $20 off your ticket purchase. Promo code is LOCKED. Download the SeatGeek app. Thanks very much for subscribing to Locked on NBA. Now go and subscribe to any of the Locked on Podcast Network for your favorite team. The Jazz, the Celtics, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Magic, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Spurs, the Heat, the Nuggets, the Pacers, the Clippers, the Fox coming soon, the Blazers coming soon, and the Sixers coming soon, plus more by hopefully the time you hear this. Thanks very much for tuning in today. Really, really appreciate it. Support our sponsors. Have a great day.